Welcome back to our salvation series. We've been taking this subject of salvation and breaking it down into many different words, many different doctrines that teach us the fullness of the Bible's teachings about salvation. We've talked about the doctrine of regeneration, the doctrine of imputation, the doctrine of justification, redemption, preservation, and sanctification. This week we're going to talk about the final doctrine under the doctrine of salvation. And to me, the one that is probably the most exciting, um, and that's the doctrine of glorification. It's the most exciting to me because it, it really helps us to understand all the other doctrines, helps us to understand the future, and I think it kind of will answer some questions for some of you that maybe you have uh, after hearing the teaching on all the other doctrines. Well, we're going to begin in Romans chapter 8, and I'll have to move relatively quickly to get through this, so let's see. Romans chapter 8, verse 30, the Bible says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What is glorification? The word glory in the Bible is used in various ways. It's a noun in some places. It's a verb in other places. The general idea behind the word glory is the idea of praise or boasting or honor. When you give someone else glory, you're praising them, you're trying to honor them, you're boasting or bragging on them. If you try to take glory to yourself, then you're seeking your own honor, you're seeking your own praise, or you're seeking your own, uh, or you're, you're boasting in yourself. If I glory in something, I give honor to it. I'm shining a light on it. I'm lifting it up. There are several synonyms in the Bible to the word glory, like to magnify or to exalt. But if I'm receiving glory, then I am, ultimately I'm being lifted up, exhausted, exalted or praised or honored. There are a few things in life, let me say that more clearly, there are few things in life that are more desired and sought after by men than glory. Men love glory. Men love honor. That's why men love a title. I am the pastor, or I am the father, or I am the teacher, I am the driver, I am the, con the contractor. People like titles because most of the time a title brings honor to them. It speaks highly of them. People love to get trophies and to earn rewards because it brings honor and glory to them. 
I've gotten several trophies and, 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 and plaques in life. Most of them I don't even know where they're at today. What was important to me was not the trophy they presented to me. It was the honor and glory I received by everybody who saw me get that trophy. And who remembers that I received that trophy. How many times have you heard of someone, have you heard someone discuss who is the greatest in a field of expertise? How many times have you heard someone enter into a conversation where they are debating who the greatest is? For example, let's take football. How many times have you heard two people argue who the greatest footballer is? Whether it's a current player or whether from the past or whether from a country, who's the, who's the greatest Ghanaian footballer or who's the greatest uh, footballer in your school or in your community. People are filled with opinions about who's the greatest footballer or who's the greatest basketball player or who's the greatest tennis player, who's the greatest golfer of all time. Books are written giving the chronology of the exploits and the discoveries of great men of the past. You can read whole biographies of men about what they have done, what they accomplished, and how they did it. And, and that, that book, yes, it can be historical. Yes, it can be educational. But at the end of the day, it was written in part to bring glory and honor to the man for whom or about whom the book was written. Oftentimes in life, large donations are made to certain institutions under the condition that a building that is being built with the money that's being donated bears the name of the person who donated the money. You can go to universities all over the world and find buildings that were donated by, by somebody and their name is on the building. Why? Because they wanted the honor and the glory of receiving that praise. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 26, Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. The Bible says in Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. The Bible says, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You see, glory and honor is a reward. And the Bible says here that these, these hypocrites, these religious people who dress up like religious people, they like to stand in the street corners and in the, the places of worship and act like a big religious person and pray and get honor. And God says, that's not how I give my honor. That's not how I give my honor. God says, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. 
For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. God is warning us in all these verses not to seek after vain glory. The glory of men, the glory of this world is oftentimes vain glory. Why? Because vain glory is self-conceit that often leads to destruction. God tells us not to seek that glory because it leads to destruction. God's desire is for man to be consumed with giving glory to God, not in gaining glory for himself in this world. Now be careful how you hear what I said. I said God wants us to be consumed with giving Him glory and not gaining glory for ourselves in this world. That does not mean that you don't get glory. It doesn't mean that you don't earn glory. It just means that we should not make the honor of this world our focus. We should make honoring God our focus. And when we honor God, he gives us glory. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with receiving appropriate honor from others. But we're admonished to seek honor and glory for God, not ourselves. I believe that we can surely conclude that Jesus Christ is the central person, the central figure of the Scriptures. And I also believe that we can conclude that the theme of the Bible is to God be the glory. That's the theme of the scriptures. Is that God has created man to bring him glory. That is the purpose of man, to glorify God. And I believe that that whole purpose of man is demonstrated in this verse. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord... <clears throat> To receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God is worthy of all glory and honor and power, strength. Every bit of strength we have, God is worthy of us giving it to him. All the praise we can offer, God is worthy of us giving it to him we are created to bring this glory to our creator we're not to live our life seeking our own glory but his glory however God is a gracious creator and he is a loving rewarding father he will share his glory with us he will give praise and honor to those who serve Him. Salvation is not complete until we, have, we are glorified in the end. God will glorify His people. When God died on the cross, He had more intentions than just to rescue you from a devil's hell. But his intention was, is that you would learn more of him. That you would 
sanctify yourself and purge yourself from sinful living. And that you would present yourself for the master's use. And that you would bring him much glory and honor in this life. And that when you get to heaven, that he would reward you for your good deeds done for him, to him, and for others. And that's the doctrine of glorification. It's the idea that God will reward us and honor us for what we do for him. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That verse is saying whatever you go through in this life, whatever you have to suffer in your service for God, it is not worthy of being compared to the reward God is going to give you in heaven. When God honors you in heaven, and you look at His reward, and then you look at what you had to suffer to get that reward, you will be totally glad that you suffered that thing because the suffering was far less than the glory you received. Have you ever in life suffered and worked hard only to receive a reward that you felt didn't compensate for your suffering? Maybe you worked a job and you worked hard all day and you received the pay and the amount of pay, if you knew you were going to get that much, you never would have done the work. Oh, that's a horrible thing. Have you ever worked hard and then someone gave you more than what you thought you would get? That was a glorious day, wasn't it? Well, that's how our rewards will be in heaven. Our suffering will be no match for the glory that God gives to us in heaven. The Bible says in Romans 9, verse 23, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. God has prepared us for glory. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The weight of our glory will be far more than the weight of our work. 1 Peter 5, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, verse 4, You shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Not only do we get a glory that's greater than the work we do, but we get glory that will not fade away. The rewards of God in heaven are eternal. That which you earn on earth will corrupt. It won't go with you, but what you earn in heaven, working for God on earth, cannot fade away. 1 Peter 5.10 But the God of all grace who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus... After that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Daniel 12, 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. God says if you work for him here, you will shine in glory. You will shine in heaven 
as the stars. You know why we call heaven? Many people refer to heaven as glory because we're going to receive glory in heaven if we serve God here on earth. Man fell short of the glory of God through sin. However, in salvation, man is redeemed and glorified. All who receive redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ will be in some way glorified. But don't misunderstand me. All believers are not glorified the same way. Those that serve Christ will receive greater glory than those believers who fell to mature and grow and sanctify themselves for the Master's use. Make no mistake about the truth that all who trust Jesus will in some way partake of the glory of God. But if you want to experience the fullness of the rewards and the glory and the honor God has for you, you need to sanctify yourself. You need to serve Him. Because heaven's coming. Your glory in heaven is going to depend on your service on earth. There are three ways that God will glorify His children. Let me give them to you quickly. Number one, we will receive a glorified body. I don't have time to read all the verses about that today on the episode, but I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 43, where it talks about God giving us a new body that's incorruptible and that's immortal, that will live forever. We will, we will all receive a glorified body. Number two, we will be rewarded and commended for our good works. We will, we will receive praise and reward for the good things we've done for God. If you study 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15, the Bible teaches us that when we go to heaven, God will judge our works. And what we, whatever we have done for Him, He will reward us for it. And whatever he, we did not do for Him, it will be burned up. But we ourselves will be saved. The Bible says that we will suffer loss if our works were not for Him. But we ourselves will be saved. Every believer will get a glorified body, but not every believer will be rewarded and commended for their good works. Only those who do the good works. These verses clearly teach that God's children will be judged according to their works and rewarded for the good that they have done. They will not be judged according to their sin, but according to their good works. We don't know what the exact reward is, but we do know that God is good. And we do know that any reward from God is surely to be cherished. Most believers speak of the anticipated glory of heaven. They speak of the great hopes that they have in heaven. However, for many, their glory in heaven will be very limited because of a lack of work here on earth. 
how sad that is. We preach salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the truth. That's God's gospel. It's a free gift. You can have it only by believing. But that's not all we preach. We preach that God is a glorious God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He's worthy of our work. He's worthy of our sanctifying ourselves and purging ourselves from sin and setting ourselves apart for His use. And we preach that those who receive rewards in heaven are those who work for God. And if you're going to experience all that salvation is, you need to not only believe on Jesus and receive eternal promise of escaping hell, but you need to also serve Jesus and earn rewards in heaven. There'll be people who get to heaven and have no rewards. They trusted Jesus and he saved them. He redeemed them by his blood. He preserved them to their inheritance. But when they got there, their reward was small because they didn't work for God. I don't want to be one of those. I want to work and live in such a way that when I get to heaven, my God will give me great glory and be greatly pleased with me. You cannot lose your entrance into heaven. That has been promised to you. That is being kept for you by God. But you can lose your rewards in heaven by not serving God on earth. Folks, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, I would encourage you to do so. You don't get saved by working for God, serving God, going to church. None of those things are going to redeem you from hell. Only the blood of Jesus Christ, your faith in what He did will redeem you. We've made that crystal clear throughout this many weeks, this many uh, weeks in this series on salvation. But to those of you who have trusted Christ, Life's not just about what God can do for you. Life's about what you will do for God. And it's about what He's going to do for you in heaven. I don't want to be one of these Christians who just pray all the time for God to do for me while I'm on earth. I want to pray for God to use me to help others, knowing that glory awaits me in heaven. There's a type of Christianity in this world that's sickening to God. People who go to church on Sunday and all they do is lift up their hands and they sing and they praise and they leave the church house and they go drink their beer and they go fornicate and they, they use filthy communication. Men dressing like women, women dressing like men. They can't even figure out what they are. Women wearing pants. That's, that's trousers, women wearing trousers. Our Christianity, our brand of Christianity is sad. It is sad. 
And many, much of that is lived by you very people out there who say that you got to be good to go to heaven. That's not what we're preaching. Salvation is by grace through faith. But let me tell you something. If you want to get glory in heaven, you got to work for God. And that's the kind of Christianity that ought to be displayed by you and I. A Christianity that preaches salvation is free through Jesus Christ and a Christianity that says, you know what? I'm dedicated to my Savior and I'm going to live like it, I'm going to dress like it, I'm going to act like it. I hope you've been helped by this series. If we can answer any of your questions, please contact us. We'll be glad to help you. Thank you for listening to the fundamental hour. God bless.